0: Welcome to In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate Presbyterian Church. Marriage and parenting are a wonderful blessing and are extremely rewarding, but they're also really hard and can leave us feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and defeated. That's exactly why we started this podcast, to help families see how the gospel injects encouragement, comfort, and hope into the daily grind of our lives, and to remind you that you're never alone in the struggle. There is another in the fire.
1: Welcome to In the Fire. I'm your host, Rob Gicking, and I'm really excited because this is our first ever episode, and I'm joined today by one of our amazing pastors at Chapelgate, Patrick Allen. Patrick, say hi. Hi. Um, Patrick, I just really, before we even dive into what you do at church and a little bit about yourself, I, I just got to ask. How are you handling the pressure of this moment? I mean, you're the first guest on a brand new podcast, um, and it's going to have at least six listeners. And I'm just curious, you know, what what is the pressure doing for you right now?
0: Yeah, I'm just kind of trying to rise to the level that needs to be risen to, I guess. I've never done a podcast, so... This is new to me too, and I'm just excited to join you in conversation. We've had a lot of informal conversations, and so this is kind of cool to get to dialogue and and you know spit back and forth, you know, uh, in ministry. So I'm I'm thankful and excited to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Patrick hit on it. One of the the prime motivations for even doing a podcast really is, it's that it's the anecdotal conversation that um, you know Patrick and I get to have these conversations. Working in ministry provides us. Um, a job that that really has the time to kind of dive into some of these topics and so um, that's really what we're trying to do here today is we're not trying to give you guys a list of to- do's or or self-improvement even just honestly just to have a, a pretty frank conversation about the topic at hand and and that's busyness and so um, we're hoping today that as we talk about this I don't know what you want to call it a pandemic an epidemic of busyness, um, that we would be able to sort of process some of that and see the ways that the gospel really impacts um, and addresses that. And so we're going to really be looking to discuss um, four key points. One, what makes us so busy? Two, how to know if we are too busy and what the cost of that busy life is. Three, how the gospel frees us from the bondage of busyness. And four, um, one or two practical ways that we can begin to de-hurry or unhurry our lives. Um, so Patrick, before we jump into that, just tell us a little bit about what, what your role is at Chapelgate um, and what makes you excited to talk about this this topic.
0: Yeah, thanks, Rob. So I do a lot of different things at Chapelgate. I work with all of our groups. Um, I lead our discipling movement. Um, I oversee global missions and domestic missions, Um, I work with our college students, I work with our men, so I I sort of dabble in a lot of different um, areas in ministry. Some people call that like you're a a generalist in some ways, so I think that would be the appropriate name for what I do.
1: Yeah, and so in that role, obviously, you're spending a lot of time with the people of our church. Um, and would you, how would you describe our people in terms of their relationship to busyness being in Howard County, Maryland, and I guess a little bit in Carroll County and, and surrounding areas, but specifically at Chapelgate talk to me about our, our congregation and busyness.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So, you know, Howard County is a typical suburban community, but it's a high achieving community where Folks that I've encountered and talked with a lot of times have multiple degrees and different specialties and fields. And, you know, to do that means that you're probably in a position that has a lot of um, performance and requirements for um, being there. And so folks are just generally busy. Um, You know, even to a certain extent, like the the sporting community in Howard County is reflective of that. Like youth sports? Youth sports, yeah. Yeah. It's like been professionalized in many ways where, you know... You know, kids go to specialty training for this and that and that. And it's just a reflection of the broader culture. But we're pretty – we're not that distinct from, from other communities uh, around the country in similar demographics. So,
1: so specifically thinking about our young families, um, we tend to have, right, like two – tends to be a two working parents, right, full-time jobs and, and tends to be highly driven, ambitious, um, you know, career achievement oriented people. And what that does is it just kind of puts a lot of emphasis into like filling our calendar with, with achievement oriented things. Is that how you, you would describe it? Yeah, I would, I would say for sure,
0: there's definitely a, a desire to achieve and that you see that even in the school system with the, you know, I remember going to one high school in Howard County's graduation and it was, you know, I come from more of a blue collar kind of poor, lower middle class community. And, you know, typically we, we started, I think, in high school with like a class of like 500 eighth graders because we had five years of high school. And by the time I graduated, it was down to like 250 or 300, you know, and lots of various reasons for that. But at this high school graduation in Howard County, like every single kid graduated and every single kid was going to college. There wasn't a military kid. There wasn't a trade school kid. Interesting. It was just, and it was just stark to me, you know. Just, you know, how like ingrained that is even in our young people, you know, to perform, perform, perform. And, and, um, and that translates even into adults, you know, we, you know, it's very expensive to live in Maryland. I don't know if you knew. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, newsflash,
1: everybody, you
0: know, um, and there's a great, a lot of great resources, but it's not cheap in terms of cost of living. And, you know, so you have to have two working income families, you know, my, my family, my wife works two right. and a half days a week and you know, um, and that's just there. That's just part of it.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting, even hearing a little bit of your backstory, like, you know, I, I've I've grown up here, I've lived here my whole life, I've never been more than an hour away from where Chapel Gate is there in Marysville. And so for me, this is normal. And in fact it's not just normal, it's like it's the prototypical way to go about things. And it really wasn't until um, honestly, like two months ago when I went with the seminary over to Athens and I saw that, that people, people live differently in other places. You know, it's not, I remember waking up, I was waking up, don't judge me. I was waking up at like six thirty um, because I was ready to go get a coffee and none of the coffee shops are open until like eight. All oh, right. It right, was just blowing right. my mind yeah. that there was a place on earth that had all the amenities we have, but wasn't like as hurried. You know, I I think like I've heard it anecdotally said that like, you know, the East Coast,
0: there's a mentality of work. Like, do I work to live or do I live to work? Right. And I, the way I've understood is people on the East Coast uh, tend to uh, live to work. Whereas like people on the West Coast, I have friends that are like church pastors there. They work to live. So like their weekends are, are filled with like, you know, I'm going to Yosemite and I'm going to go hiking or right. we're going skiing and, and such and such place. And, you know, uh, they may, people may attend church like maybe once a month. And so what does it mean to be uh, a community in, in that sort of environment? And here, I think there's a, there's a mentality of work and I'm not saying this is bad. It just is Right. of I work to live or live. I live to work. That's right. what I mean to say. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, um, you know, it really is just an interesting thing to, to chew on. I was looking at some, some statistics, and obviously you can find a whole bunch of data out there, but um, s- some of this really uh, was very interesting to me. I thought I might share it here. It says that the average male uh, spends 10,000 hours on video games by age 21. Uh, oh, that's and, true. And so that would be either 1.3 hours a day uh, starting at the day he was born. So like my son, Alex, at seven months, he's now seven months behind of 1.3 hours a day of video games, or it's it's almost three hours a day from the age of 10 to 21. Which really like, you know, on one hand we might say like, oh, you know, that's, that's like not a very busy way to live life. That's almost like you're, you're spending a lot of time like in, in leisure or in comfort and yet, um, you know, it's, it's part of what keeps us busy, right? Like, like you're, you're, you're already bringing out that there's multiple things that our families are dealing with. They are dealing with career. They are dealing with living in an expensive area which is going to push them to be um, busy on their on – their, on their income, right? I mean, you you need to make money to live here in, in a lot of ways, and um, you've got the sports dynamic. You know, you're raising kids; they have obligations, they have things, and you don't want to fall behind because that could impact their college. And yes, I'm talking about my three year old, right? Like we just get all spun up on these things we have to do, and then there's the other side of sometimes I'm busy doing things that just sort of take up time, like social media.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we fill that void. In a multitude of different ways, you know, what do we do to distract ourselves? And that's a great, like, a discussion all together. Like, why do we spend, you know, I played video games. Like, you're sitting here right in my, like, living room right. right next to my Xbox, right? And, you know, when I was a kid, I would go, my parents, you know, had a TV in my room, a little, you know, color TV with, like, you know, antennas and all this different stuff. And I hooked my Sega Genesis up in there and I would literally disconnect from the world for hours at a time getting lost in video games. And for me, I'm only speaking personally, it was an escape. Right. It was an escape from just all that was going on in my home life and just, you know, the brokenness that was there. And, uh, it was a way that I could sort of deal with all of those feelings that I didn't have a language to name. Right. You know, and, um, uh, for good or for, for better or for worse. Now, video games are not what they were then and not everybody's doing it for those reasons. Um, but I know that, um, for many, it's a it's a hobby, and that that they you know transact in because they are games today are so much different than what they were in the late '80s, early '90s. They're just so much more immersive. There's so right. much more, yeah, no kidding. stuff.
1: So, yeah, that's great. I mean, I I love that you even brought up the escaped uh, escaping because I think there is a sense in which. Um, you know, I'm exhausted from my day oftentimes, and maybe because I am so busy, right? Because I'm working eight to ten hours a day, and then I'm also maybe spending time at the gym, and I'm raising a family. You know, my quote-unquote me time, my recharge time, is so um, it's either chopped up in a tiny like twenty-minute pieces, or it's like by the time I get to that hour after the kids are in bed, I'm just so tired. You know, it's the easiest thing to do is to scroll through my phone. The easiest thing to do is to turn on the TV. There's screen. a term
0: for that now. Do you know? It's like death scroll or death something scroll. like that. Is wow. like or or doom scrolling. Like you're just lost in it. I didn't know that that was named something until this past weekend, and we were all sort of doing that.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Uh, so apparently, that, I'll use this phrase: death scroll or doom scroll. Um, well, Americans spend two hours a day on social media and seven and a half hours a day on television. Seven and a half hours a day? Right. Which yeah. to me must mean either nobody sleeps or the TV's on in the background all day. I just don't see how anybody could possibly watch seven and a half hours a day of television and work. But, and you know, data is, uh, you know, what is it? 80% of the time it's... it's you know, <laughs> 80% of the time it's right. Every <laughs> right. time. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, so so I guess then it just seems like everybody's busy. Um but, but how do I know if I'm overly busy? Like what's a good metric that I can use or that our young families might be able to use that might shed light into whether or not they, uh, they're too much a part of this busy epidemic? Yeah, it's a great question. So,
0: you know, um, part of the gospel invites us to reflect in ourselves. And, you know, it's healthy to take an inventory of like your heart and your time. And like, you know, we talk with about college students, we talk about time management and you know, I think there is this, in one sense, and, and I don't say this at all for everyone, because I don't know everyone, but there's a pride we take in, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, you know, right. it's like, yeah, that. that's
1: interesting. So,
0: you know, like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't have time. And, you know, the truth is, is like, we all have margin at different places. It's just how we choose to, you know, everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. And so how do we choose to do that? And like, You know, um, and what does that look like? And so maybe taking an inventory of like your day could be helpful in, in discerning that. And where are you, you know, trying to meet some standard or perform in an area, you know, and, and what are the limits that you naturally have, right? You might be in a season where you can't work out every day and it would be unhealthy to work out every day. You know, it, you might be in a season where, you know, you need, um, uh, to take, you know, because your work is very intense. You need to have margin for rest and rejuvenation. And, you know, we both read um, uh, John Mark Comer's book, um, you know, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which great was book. like it, the title kind of got me. Right. Yeah. You know? Catchy. It's kind of like, oh, OK, well, let's talk about that. And um, he's got like a really great like sort of diagnostic, I think, for. You know understanding it and some of it like i checked off 100 percent like one of them is like irritability mm. when 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 i'm hurried you know my kids know that i'm irritable they see it they're like dad did you get enough sleep last night <laughs> it literally is a question that they ask me and and you know i have to repent i have to go you know um recognize that that um that yeah maybe i spent too much time you know, death scrolling or, or working or, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And I wasn't rested and rejuvenated, you know,
1: to be present
0: with them. Yeah.
1: Let's go back just a minute. Cause you said something uh, a few sentences ago that I thought was really interesting and we didn't really, we didn't really talk about it in the what's making us so busy, but that phrase you said of like, there's almost a pressure to be busy. Yeah. Right. Like we, we all know when you ask somebody like, Hey, how you doing? Or like, how's life been? Like, what's the answer? busy, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the same time I go, maybe even a metric here is to ask myself, am I uncomfortable if the answer is to, Hey, how's it going? If I said like, it's going pretty well lately, Yeah, like things are going pretty well. Like, am I actually uncomfortable because somehow by not being busy, by not being like stressed, like I'm falling behind? Like, what do you like?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I do think that there is a sense in which like, we don't want to tell people, well, like it's, it's like um, like the law of going too deep too soon. Like what if you were to ask somebody that question and they were like, "Man, life is just really tough right?" Now. <laughs> right. And they weren't prepared for it in the context of, you know, how you were asking it because sure. it's just sort of like is general, it's not meant it's to be It's a greeting. Yeah. Yeah, it's like and and but in, in one sense, that's not being inauthentic, you know, by saying that things are okay, but you know, I I think sometimes we don't know how to we don't know how to transact that gap. Between you know where we actually are and where where we ideally want to be, right. you know,
1: and but do you think there's a sense in which I almost I like I'm taking pride in answering? Yeah, I'm really busy. I've I, just been so busy. Sometimes, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. because it means that why what why would I take pride in that? Because it means my life, my work gives me meaning, you know, it gives me purpose and value. You know, I clearly don't have enough time to, you know deal with whatever the issue right. that you want. I don't have
1: time for seven and a half hours of TV a day. Yeah. I'm too busy, right. right? And that could be work. It could be yeah. church even, right? right? Like, right. Right. oh, you know, I just, I do so much at church. I'm just too busy for yeah. whatever, you know, to watch whatever TV show is popular right now. And we, we almost take a sense of like, like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right. If I'm busy doing these things and I'm doing it right. And I, I would, I would actually argue that that is very much the status symbol of our area in many ways. mm that, yeah. Like, and, and I what the second you said it, it just like my mind like exploded because I was like, oh, I do that. Like, I do that all the time. Like, oh, how have you been? Like, oh, I've been so busy. But like, I might as well just substitute. Like, I'm really important. Like, because <laughs> that's that's what I want you to get from that. Like, hey, Patrick, thanks for asking. Um, I'm really important. And you should know that.
0: Well, yeah, you, and we do the same thing with our kids, too. Like, you know, right. how are your kids? Well, Johnny's, you know, uh, got a 4.0 and is salutatorian of the school. thinking Johnny. You know, genius. and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, we transact in the, the, the oculigs and superlatives. Right. And that's just, like, natural. It's like breathing. Right. You know, and, yeah. but then you strip away that veneer and you're like, oh, yeah, Johnny's struggling with deep depression, mm. you know, and, um... Um, he's not sure who he is or what he believes anymore, you know, and that's where it gets really, I don't know, interesting to
1: me. It does. It does. Well, thanks for um for helping clarify that. Let's let's go back to um the ruthless the ruthless elimination of hurry. It's kind of a mouthful by John Mark Comer. Um, he's got a pretty interesting, and you mentioned one irritability, like the ten symptoms of hurry sickness. Yeah. Um, walk walk us through those if you can, or at least the ones you think are real important.
0: Yeah, the ones that, like, that that irritability kind of stuck out to me, Um, workaholism and non activity, I tend to think that when people, when pressure hits people, they either respond in one of two ways. Um, One, they either get, like, more driven, and, like, I'm going to do more, I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps more, I'm going to do, I'm going to try harder get, you know, or they just shut down, and it's like, well, I can't do any more, and so I'm just going to... I'm just gonna lock it up. We're gonna pack it up, and I'm gonna go hide, or or maybe hi- I don't mean that negatively, but just you know, we're gonna pretend like it didn't happen. So I think workaholism or non stock activity could be could be one, um, and isolation is the other one. So like you know, sort of,
1: I need to retreat because my world is just so overwhelming. Right. So like I'm so busy. I'm so hurried. That it just like it piles up on me almost, and the best thing to do is just kind of like literally shut the world out. Mm-hmm. I stop responding to text messages. Yep. I don't engage with my friends. I blow off like the party that I'm supposed to go to because I'm I'm just overwhelmed to the point of, of needing it. Yeah, that's right. And there's no like
0: balance between the two. So it's you know, work isn't bad in and of itself. Work right. is a pre fall condition, and being a, wanting to work hard is a is a I think a gospel value, you know, but whether we find our meaning and our purpose in that, that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, you can either fall off the cliff of like, I'm going to just drill down harder and try harder, or I'm going to isolate and ghost people on my texts and not, you know, not respond. And right. You know, people wonder, is everything okay? Yeah. Those are two that, that stand out. I mean, um, restlessness, you know, um, and escapist behaviors, Um, we're sort of too, um, when you try to actually slow down and relax, you give Sabbath a try, but you hate it. Um, you read scripture, but you find it boring. You have a quiet time with God, but can't focus your mind. Yeah. Like like that sort of restlessness in our spirits and our souls, you know, I think is a, is one symptom. Yeah. I,
1: I have, um, a friend who's, he's a lot like me. He's in, up in the Philadelphia region. Uh, and he's, he actually has his own real estate business. I mean, he's an absolute, um, you know, he's, he's a stud, but like one of the things he'll tell you, he's like, I hate not like, I hate when I'm not busy.
0: Hmm. I have
1: to stay busy. And I just want, I just said to him, I was like, why? And he's like, I don't know. I just know this when I'm like, when I have a free day, I get really, really anxious. Hmm. And, and I think that's that sort of restlessness. And, am, am I checking my email on a day off? Because I happen to find myself at a moment where I wasn't doing something. Like, yeah. Maybe I was sitting on the couch and I just instantaneously, like by, by instinct, I reach for my phone or I checked my email. Why? I don't know. I couldn't tell you if you asked me, but I just did it. And there's some longing in my heart, really, that I, I don't know why I'm trying to find, um, I don't know why I want there to be an email. I, I don't know why. It's just, I do.
0: Yeah, right. Right. And I get the, I mean, I totally get that. It's like a little dopamine hit or yeah. a, if you're a, you know... Three on the enneagram, it's like, man, I've completed that task. It's done, you know, and I and I get to I get to say I, I accomplished something, and therefore, if I accomplish something, then I have purpose and value. I mean, I definitely wrestle with this as, you know, somebody that struggles with workaholism, you know, um, like just just this idea that you know I I need to be physically, emotionally, spiritually, actually present in the moments when uh, with my children. Yeah, You know, and instead of thinking about the conversation I need to have or the email that I need to send or, you know, the experience that I'm, you know, not a part of, you know, that maybe God has foreordained and called me, you know, to this, to this moment of rest and presence, radical dependence and presence with my kids and my family,
1: you know. Yeah. And that's a perfect like transition point in a sense, because obviously when you have young kids and and that could be, you know, or or if you don't have kids, you're just married. I mean, like when you interact in such a, a connected way with another human being, like your schedule's no longer your own. And so, you know, the the takeaway from today is not let me figure out how to be like sitting still for 6 hours a day yeah, right. where I'm not distracted and live some sort of like monastic monk uh, you know, type of life, like, like a hermit, you know, like that's not, that's not the goal, but I do think there's a sense in which we sort of need to ask the question like, okay, so, you know, let's say, and, and for you guys online, like and and listening, we're going to put the full list of 10 in the show notes. Um, so feel free to take a look at that and go through either by yourself or with your spouse and like actually, you know, go through item by item and give yourself a score. Like, did you score five out of 10? Did you score two out of 10? Were you like Patrick and Rob who probably got like what I got like a seven, I think.
0: Yeah. I was like up there. It was pretty high yeah. at times.
1: So obviously we're, we're telling you more as like a, we also struggle with this, you know, this hurriness and busyness syndrome. Um, but you know, okay. So we, we got our score and there's a sense in which it's almost reasonable to ask a question like, so what? Because this is how it is in our area. Like, you know i'm not going to go be a monk or a hermit i'm not going to like have this amish lifestyle and life isn't going back to like pre-technology no not at all <laughs> right it's it's going to get faster and faster and so like what i guess the question then becomes what's the cost of this either long to- term or short term for me, for my family, for my marriage, like what's the cost of this continual, busy and hurried life? Well,
0: I think you see the the cost playing out in the rising levels of anxiety and depression and stress in our young people, for sure, and the studies that are being done on the consumption of you know media and 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 sort of passive consuming of it. You know, it's no it, it, it's no wonder, you know, when you look at those things that those things are increasingly, Rising among our young people, right. and that's that's just there. So what do we do with it? I think you're right. We're not going to go back to a monastic lifestyle, but I think you know we have to learn to embrace limitations. You know, I think the pandemic taught us a little bit about that, where people's lives became a little more integrated. You know, the increasingly increasing demand to work from home and being able to you know be there with your kids and and do you do work-life balance and integrate it? I think people got a foretaste of that. And now it's like, okay, everything's going back, but I kind of want to hold on to that. That right. was like
1: really helpful, right. you know, in some ways. Yeah. Uh, some people really seem to, to you know, it. their life became a little more balanced. Yeah. Right. I, I, I wasn't in a car for an hour on the way to work and an hour on the way back. So I got two hours back and because I couldn't see people it really did become like that when I wasn't working, I was there with my family. I was present. Meanwhile, others, right? All of a sudden, the one boundary between work and life that I had, which was an office building, has been removed. Yes. And so like everything is infiltrated, every part of my life. And I can't even see clearly like what's work and what's not anymore. I'm constantly accessible and it drained them. But um, I, yeah, I, Patrick, I think you're right. and We've talked about this a bunch in, in other conversations. That There is a cost to this it's going to cost me time right i mean there like the the concept of opportunity cost for everything i say yes to i said no to a thousand other things and so if i'm saying yes to this social requirement or i'm saying yes to this extra opportunity you know um with work or, or even with church sometimes, right? Like, and obviously Patrick and I, we, we work at church. We, we love when people volunteer and they serve, but you know, when you say yes to serving, there's a, there's a no to time with your family. There's a no to time in your neighborhood, getting to know um, your neighbors and, and things like that. And so that opportunity cost is real and it does pile up over time. And if you're someone who is running at this rampant, like, let me, let me go as fast and as hard as I possibly can, it's gonna take a toll on you, yeah, physically. That's right. Mentally. Yeah. Spiritually. Yeah. Spiritually. You
0: know, you're 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 drifting away. I mean, Jesus embraced limitations, right? Like he he embraced like this idea. Uh, you know, he was our Sabbath rest, right? But but he also had needs. So I think of uh, Jesus and uh, Zacchaeus. You know, he's like Zacchaeus. I'm coming to your house, and I'm gonna stay there. Right, right. The God of the universe, who like made the earth and everything in it, had needs and was willing to receive those needs to be met by the community that God placed in His path. And that point, it was Zacchaeus. He knew that he was going to stay with them. You know, so how humbling, you know, that even Jesus, you know, took on the limitation of being a man. Yeah. You know, where he could have like snapped his finger, the cross could have been finished. He could have, you know, he could have done all of those things, but he embraced that, and I think. You know we have to embrace those limitations as well. Like yeah. what, what are the main things that are important, and what are the things that I do, you know, because I enjoy them, and what are the things that I need to do, and and sort of reorienting our our hearts in the gospel.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I I think of, um, I think of in John when Jesus, you know, John is the I am statements, and Jesus gets the I am the good shepherd. I'm, I'm the gate of the sheep. And he says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I think when, we, when we're slaves to our calendar, yeah, that's not abundance. I mean, we, we have an abundance of stress. We have an abundance of hurried and, and busyness and things to do. But that's not abundant life. I think you know, having the freedom to live in light of my limitations, like you're saying, that's what the gospel offers me. It it offers me the ability to see that my limitations are not just um, a hindrance, right? But but with the gospel, I can look at my limitations as a blessing from God. Yeah. Something that causes me to slow down, be present with Him, see the see Him, and not just whatever is next. And so, like whether that's you know your physical limitations, right? Like maybe um, you know like like you
0: go to the doctor, and all of a sudden he's like. You know, you have an irregular heartbeat, right? And right. you need to you need to make some changes in your life. You're gonna go home and like adjust all of those different things. You know, you might change your diet. You might change like your sleep routine. You might change some things at work. You know, whatever. Like you're gonna, and and that's what we need to do, kind of spiritually at some level. Like is like, okay, where's my heart? Right. Am I? And you know, am I growing? Am I? Am I uh, enjoying the gospel? Do I find joy in my salvation? Do I find peace and meaning and purpose? And, And not so much like I need to do like, you know, something to, but just more like I need to ask or, you know, sit with that, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a perfect example, right? In that situation, I'm now, I now see like, I'm forced to slow down and recognize my own frailty. Yeah. I'm forced to slow down and recognize my own need and dependence. And that's exactly where the gospel wants us to be, right? Like, the, like Jesus doesn't say, come to me, all those who are weary and burdened, and I'll reprioritize your schedules to get you more efficient.
0: Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. We don't like need, though. We don't like to feel needy. We've no. been taught, you know, from a very early age that neediness equals weakness. If I have a need, and, and not like explicitly, but you see it in the messages, like in our culture, you know, uh, Home Depot. We you can do it, and we can help. Right, right. That self sufficiency, that radical independence, like that, that just that stream just runs deep into who we are as Americans, and 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 what the gospel invites us to is radical dependence on Christ and His work on our behalf. Yeah, for 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 every arena and area of our lives.
1: Yeah, and nowhere is that more clearly put on display, right, than than Martha and Mary. Right. right Martha, right. you know, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? She recognizes her need. She recognizes the gift of his presence and his interest in his in his teaching. And she's sitting there and Martha's in the kitchen, she's trying to cook this huge meal and and you know, host all these people that are clearly going to be coming into her house because they want to hear Jesus, and she just misses it, right? She goes to Jesus, she's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. tell my sister that she needs to stop sitting around." And get busy like me. And Jesus, I mean, guys, if you think Jesus is always like, you know, kind of like tender, like around the bush. Giving you all the feels. Yeah. yeah. He he just looks, he looks this lady straight in the face. Martha, Martha, you are busy and anxious about many things. Your sister has chosen the better portion. Yeah. Yeah. But how many times do I look at the things that are going to stop me, limit me, and instead go like, oh, that's so annoying. Like, I got to find a way to push through that instead of going, oh, man. Here I am in my need and this is an opportunity to sit like Mary at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. I think the pandemic gave us a taste
0: of that for sure. Yeah. Gave us a taste of a sort of forced sabbath.
1: Yeah. So as we come to a close then, I mean, what are one the two practical ways that our young families can begin to to dehurry, unhurry their lives uh, and live in that freedom, live in the freedom that says I don't have to do everything. I am able to I'm free to sit at the feet of Jesus so what are what are one of two ways we could do that
0: I mean I think resting in our union with Christ is is one thing like understanding you know finding those areas where maybe we've been trying to perform in our in our um, uh, uh, our lives spiritually sure you know and seeking to um, yield and surrender those things to, to God. I think that that's a starting place. Like, I think we, we have to look at our spiritual lives and take an inventory of that and just say, where's my heart? You know, um, am I, am I, do I have a love for my neighbor? And if I don't, why, you know, if I, do I, am I growing in desire to see my workplace become a place where, where God would use me, you know? Mm. And, and if I don't have that desire, what's that all about? Do I, am I, do I want to be, you know, an inclusive community and and start to ask those kinds of heart questions, you know, to kind of get to it. I mean, I wish there was like one magic bullet, but there's sure. probably, you know, I think sabbathing thing and, and taking a rest, like putting the phone down, yeah, you know, for, for a day or a period of the day. And, um, you know, maybe those are some good principles, you know, but, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm curious what you think.
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the things that Kate and I have done that's made a big impact for us is Sabbath. And, you know, obviously when we say Sabbath, that's like an Old Testament word. It's, you know, the Ten Commandments. And, um, you know, we we could talk, we could have a whole episode about Sabbath in terms of the theological side of that. But I think for us, we've done, we've done some things that have just been helpful. They're helpful, practical things. We, we put our phones on silent and we actually put them in a drawer so that we don't see them. And I'll tell you, um, nothing reveals how like desperate you are for your phone more than like doing that for 10 minutes and realizing I've touched my pocket three times. Yeah. Like it, right, right. It's really sad. It's like yeah. I got the shakes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I'm sweating and yeah. shaking, you know, yeah. I'm having withdrawal. Um, and so we, we do that. And on Sunday, you know, we try to do things that, it, and there's nothing magic about Sunday other than that's the day of worship, right? We gather, and, but you know, we'll try to, to spend time just as a family. You know, it's okay if that day is a little bit on the boring side, if we're not filled to the brim with fun activities for the kids, if, if today is more of a day where we enjoyed being at home, going for a walk, you know, eating meals together, things like that. Um, I think John Mark Comer in his book uh, that we referenced earlier, like they bake this big cookie pie yeah. and dump a whole like gallon of vanilla ice cream on it and just eat out of it like crazy people. You I know? heard
0: that. I was, I read that and I
1: was like, Ooh. Right. Yeah. So that sounds good to me. I'm working on Kate, trying to convince her that we should do that too. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think, I think the last one is, um, is journaling. Yeah. Whether it's in the morning or at night or or whenever you have time for it, but just even like, as you said, sitting and kind of reflecting on where's my heart at. I think for me, journaling has been one of the most efficient, like effective ways to do that because nobody else is going to read this. Yeah. Nobody else is ever going to know it's just me and God, and and I literally write it almost like I'm verbally processing to Him, mm. and in many ways that's what prayer is, right? Like, God, you know, here's everything that's going on in my mind and my heart. Show me the ways that I'm trying to earn earn Your grace or earn Your love. You know, show me the ways that busyness is actually a way for me to feel good about myself, and and help me help me to stop. Yeah, help me to live in the accomplished work of Jesus rather than the performative work of Rob. And,
0: and sometimes like, so two things that, that you said really struck a chord. Well, one is like, maybe it is your thoughts and you just, your mind's right. racing and you just need to get those things out. Right. And journaling is a great way to sort of get those thoughts that you've been having on a situation at work and bring those to the father. The other thing is like leading yourself to a deeper level of repentance. Cause here's the reality, like, you know, we're all going to fall short of whatever god's standard is but the beauty of our union with christ is that we can come every day in repentance and, yeah. and and know that god sees us through jesus and um and that's true every single day
1: every single day yeah patrick thank you so much for your time um i know you're a busy guy uh-huh. uh, <laughs> but you know taking some time to love on our young families uh, very greatly appreciated. So so, thank you so much.
0: No, I appreciate it, man. All those young families out there, I get it. Been there. Yeah, it's 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 wild, but it it's anecdotal. But it goes like a minute. It's it It's going like a minute.
1: Yeah, busy times, but but fruitful times as they well. They are. Yeah. Well, this is obviously the part of the podcast where I'm supposed to say something like, "Make sure you follow us on Instagram or whatever." But um, that's not why we're doing this. Uh, it's not about Patrick. It's not about Rob. This is really about Jesus and the way that He changes lives. He forgives sinners and um, offers comfort, healing, renewal, and peace to every single one of us. And we hope and pray that that's exactly what's happened here today through this podcast. That you had a fresh interaction with Jesus Christ, really through the lived testimony of, of Patrick. You know, the lived testimony of Rob and our own struggle with um, you know needing to to prove that we're good enough. Um, sometimes even through busyness and. Um, we hope that you heard in, in you know various ways that Jesus is a God who says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, hurried and busy, and I'll give you rest. So if you want to learn more about this topic or Chapel Gate, check out our show notes for some resources or simply reach out. Patrick um, uh, and I would love to talk to you. And keep an eye out for more episodes. We'll try to release an episode every week. But in the meantime, remember this, God loves you and he is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you, and that means you're never alone. There is another in the fire. Thanks for listening.